Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am. Well, I still have dignity. Let's just say that about myself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. Hi, guys. We are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only two hours a month. Gain access to all of our bonus content. Tons of content on there. Tons of bonus uh, episodes. Tons of... Tons of stuff for you guys to check out. Tons of stuff. Tons of stuff. We have a couple people to thank, Matthew. Alrighty. Uh, Darren Balboa. Thank you, Darren. All right. Thank you, Darren. And thank you, Phil Stewart. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Phil. On this week's episode, (laughs) Homer vs. Dignity, episode CABF04, originally aired November 26th, 2000, written by Rob Lezebnik, directed by Neil Affleck. This is the last episode ever directed by Neil Affleck and Rob Lezebnik, uh currently writing for The Simpsons. This is the last episode he wrote until season 20, I want to say. Wow. Yep. Season 20. For over eight years, he didn't write anything else for the show. I don't know. If it had, like, I need a break from this. I, I don't know if it had anything to do with this episode or if it was just another. It was like a life thing, but whatever. Uh, the rating. I figured out the rating thing, Matt. Why the okay. numbers there's a, a disparity is because it used to count the the this between the the pre the, between the season eleven and season twelve Nielsen switched from viewing households to viewers total. Interesting. So it's not just a house is watching the show; it is this many people are watching the show. So this has 15 million viewers by Nielsen's standards, but it used to be like, hey, the eight million viewing households. And you're like, well, if all if most of them have one or two or three people watching, you know, you can figure out the math there. Which I guess they started dividing their their. Uh, I mean, Nielsen ratings were kind of nonsense anyway. But that is why it suddenly the numbers seems much bigger. Um, the charcoal gag. I was not the sixth beetle. <laughs> not the sixth beetle. Beetle. There is a lot of six beetles and fifth beetles, uh, which the, there's, you know. Bart is not one of them. The couch gag is everyone skateboards in, jumps off a little uh, half pipe. Quarter pipe, I guess, is what it really is. Um, It's fun. Homer crashes. You know, compared to this episode, it's light light and fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this episode has some issues with what is considered fun or funny and rather than what is just considered incredibly sad. (laughs) There's a lot of problems. I'm going to try and not get too angry, but... Ugh. Um, guess episode guest stars Lisa Gibbons as herself. Yep. I mean, she plays herself fine. <laughs> <There's>, yes. <laughs> they, don't, they do not ask a lot from her. Uh, the episode begins with Bart and the family going to the singing sirloin. Singing sirloin. Singing sirloin. <laughs> sirloin. I mean, it is a. It's how it's spelled. Singing sirloin. Because he has got an A. He got an A in astronomy. They sing the happy birthday song, but happy it's happy birthday, Bart Simpson. Oh, oh, well, to be fair, it is not, uh, that is no longer trademarked or copyrighted or whatever, so anyone can sing it without getting That's sued. That's true, but by I, I said happy first day. So it's hey. still credited. This song is still credited to the the whatever sisters for the happy oh, birthday. Really? It doesn't matter if you change the words, if you still use the same Actually, tune. Funnily enough, they are not credited with the tune. They are only credited with those particular lyrics. That tune goes back way farther than that. I'm just telling you what I was on the IMDb website. <laughs> okay. I don't know. 
Uh, but it doesn't matter anymore for our verses because anyone can sing it uh, in public without getting angry. Have you ever have you been to a, like a chain restaurant and they've done the birthday? Have they still they're still sticking with their unique birthday songs? I have not been to a restaurant where they sing happy birthday to somebody when an actual birthday occurred in like a couple of years. So I would not know. Yeah, exactly. And I, I wonder if the Olive Gardens of the world or Applebee's of the world are still doing the birthday, their own, you know, happy, happy birthday, ba, 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 or they're doing uh, the just birthday song. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, Lisa's angry because, of course, she gets plenty of A's. Um, we learn Bart got his A because he had to pay attention uh, to an astronomy chart while skinner and kerbopple are having sex in, the, in like this is it goes off the rails real quick it's not even it doesn't even wait it's just immediately it's like hey bart is in the next room while his principal and a teacher are having sex and he's just like la 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 i'm like bart this is not <laughs> why is he putting up with this why is he just letting it happen like they're I okay. It doesn't. I, I can't. We can't start going crazy about every little detail because it would. This oh, episode's yes, gonna we be. Can, Robbie. This, yes, we this can. episode's gonna be four hours long if I do that. Um, but it's all. It's just explanation about why Bart got an A. It doesn't really. This episode is way, way like it. I guess it. It just follows the same pattern of the many Scully year shows where it's like complete random garbage, and then we get to the plot. Um, and that's what this is. It's just complete random garbage. I don't find teachers having sex in the next room, <laughs> next to Bart. Like, I, when it's Karapo and Skinner just kissing, I know it's not a big deal. When they're literally when, having sex when, in, in yeah, a classroom. When, when he's shouting, don't be tardy, and don't be tardy, like, wow. Uh, yeah. Um, so they we cut back to the dinner scene they can't afford dinner they try and run away uh it's very it's looney tunes through and through like a big trap door drops down in front of the restaurant and there's trapped there and they stuck entertaining the restaurant but can i matt can i there's a lot of inexplicable things that happen in this episode really yeah and why are they in a mary hutchie band it's the singing sirloin. Is it they just have costumes ready for every type of music? Well, of course. I mean, don't you have uh, you know, a live band? You have uh, extra stuff for every type of live band. Bands don't show up with their own stuff. <laughs> I was just, I just, it's like, it's a, if it's a singing sirloin, I assume it's like a steakhouse. Everyone else there is kind of more properly dressed. Like, it's kind of like formal European, uh, like, choir almost, or like, uh, north northeastern u.s kind of singing like uh singing group like very formal and yet now they're suddenly in a mariachi band and then homer's also singing like what is he what does he sing it by himself i forget what it is i couldn't tell uh, i can't either it, it doesn't matter so then we find out the, you know that why why the simpsons are so poor as they are driving home when did this happen when did we become the bottom rung of society? I think it was when that cold snap killed off all the hobos. Dad, what happened to the back seat? I had to sell it for gas money. Which I spent on a novelty horn. Maybe we should talk to a financial planner. Financial panther, eh? Mr. Simpson, you're a dollar overdrawn. 
Get him, Shiva! <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> what, Robbie? <laughs> I don't mind the financial panther thing, honestly. I try and f- I'm trying to find joy where I can. That that is the least offensive thing in this episode. That was just what I was like. Oh, okay, sure. It's 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 just a dumb pun joke, which is fine. It's not, it's very complicated, but it's fine. Um, just cal- cal- just just like uh, you know, just casually throwing out. Yeah, cold snap killed many people. It's fine. That's great. It's it's just so casually callous. Well, yeah. I mean, this episode, like, the Scully years in general, this episode in particular, is just so casually mean. We talk about that a lot, but it just feels like they're just throwing in jokes. They're like, hey, all those people died. Isn't that hilarious? Uh, I don't, not, not, maybe, I don't, not now. (laughs) I'm no laugh at (laughs) those poor sad people. Um, They go meet with Lindsay Nagel, who's now a financial... Consultant. consultant not a planner of course not she just tells you that you're broke she doesn't tell you how to fix it i mean she does tell them she basically tells homer you need more money <laughs> you're bad with it and you're not going to get you're not going to be able to fix it because it you're not going to be able to stop being bad with money so you just need more of it which is at least uh it's advice i guess uh it's not great advice and they don't pay her for it so i don't it's whatever um, we then cut, and so there, that's the Simpsons, done for now, uh, <laughs> because we cut to Burns and Smithers, and we find out Smithers is getting a leave of absence. Sir, I have a small personal request. Oh, of course, Smithers, anything. I disabled the button, sir. Anyway, I need some time off. As you know, I've been writing a musical about the Malibu Stacy doll. You sure about a doll? <laughs> Why not write a musical about the common cat or the king of Siam? <laughs> Give it up, Smithers. Actually, sir, we've been booked into a small theater in New Mexico. Whoa, whoa, slow down there, maestro. There's a New Mexico? Yes, I want to go there and make my dream come true. I'll just be gone for a week. Oh, fine. I can amuse myself. Curses, it's jammed. <laughs> Hilarious! Chain gone, maybe I can finally have a little fun at the office. <laughs> ah, a candy shop. Yes, I'll take two pounds of Bristol's toffee. Oh, and don't wrap it too tightly. I'm hungry now. You've made a powerful enemy today, my friend. I, I like the candy, the vending machine bit. <laughs> well, of course. Smithers is leaving because he's writing a musical, and Burns... One, okay, leaps this episode, I'm, there's a lot of, as we go on, the Simpsons are going to start copying themselves, and it's going to happen more and more, because it's impossible not to, because they've done everything. Exactly. I, we are in season 12 now. I mean, we've just gotten to the point where they're like, yeah, we, we could reuse a few things, but no, from here on out, it just gets the same. It, it And I'm, I don't, we're probably not going to bring it up every time they start using the same bits or the same the same the same scenarios for episodes and like maybe in passing and i don't i don't think it's fair to criticize the show too heavily for it as long as they try and apply a new spin on an old story 
But this is literally, there's a New Mexico is the same joke from season five's Boy Scouts in the Hood. It is literally the same joke that yeah. was in Homer's, Homer's uh, in Boy Scouts in the Hood, and now it's Burns. And I'm not going to, telling the exact same joke is not excusable. You should know that it, you've told the same joke before. Uh, and then all, Smithers is le and Homer the Smithers. This is a very clear like Smithers leaves and Homer becomes Burns's new partner. Um, and that's fine ish. I think I'm a little less lenient <laughs> on that one too, especially because it was not it was five years ago. I don't, I don't know. Um, I do I. Why are we the 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 other thing is immediately in this episode because this episode has such a bad reputation. And it and immediately in the scene, I didn't remember the I for, I forgot that the Malibu Stacy musical thing was in this episode. And immediately when I heard that, I'm like, why don't we go? Why aren't we following Smithers? <laughs> why can't we go see the Malibu Stacy musical? That's way more interesting to me. Oh yes, indeed. I don't want to see Homer and Burns prank monkey. I want to see Smithers struggle producing a play or musical. Yeah, and when you talk about uh, plots, uh, sorry guys, we just got done doing the new episode review, and it's once again a Homer and Marge upset with each other a lot. You know what new plot they haven't done? Smithers in this musical. Like, that would be amazing. I would love to see Smithers try that, and somehow Lisa gets involved and has to help him out, and Lisa and Bar go on the road. It'd almost be like Mountains of Madness, where they're stuck with Smithers, and that was an interesting pairing. I would love to see more of that. Yeah, and I don't know. It's it's easy looking back in retrospect, like, what this episode could be if it wasn't what it is. <laughs> But that's oh well. Um, so Smithers is gone. Burns is by himself, and then we get a scene at the end of Act One that sets up the plot for the rest of the episode, where Homer becomes Burns's prank monkey. Mister Burns, I was wondering if I could get a raise. What kind of a raise? Whopping. I see. You have 30 seconds to wow me. Well, sir, you see, sir, I've worked here a long time, and my wife has a game leg. And my kids have game things as well. Pfft, I don't want to hear your whining. I'm a bored and joyless old man. Give me a larf. A larf? Okay, let's see what's in the news today. Oh, for the love of... Hurl this at that! At Lenny? But he's a war hero. Well, let's decorate him then. No! Not even for four dollars? Ow! My eye! I'm not supposed to get pudding in it! No! That was capital. My lung is aching. I liked when I threw the pudding. Do it again. I'll make it an even eight. You're the boss. Ow! I'm in hell! <laughs> Let's keep the laughs coming, eh, Simpson? But say I make you my executive in charge of recreation. No, no, better yet, my prank monkey. Do you keep giving me money? I can't have my little monkey running around in rags. Woohoo! <laughs> what are you doing, man? That's Carl. Let me help you. <laughs> you know, seeing as this is a corporate cafeteria, I have to worry how much that pudding costs. I don't think Homer was net positive on cash flow because a cup of pudding probably costs five bucks. I. It. Starts here, Matt, and it just goes downhill. Uh, well, yeah. It, yeah. I, th this, that scene, like, okay, if Burns is paying Homer, like, thousands of dollars a week to embarrass himself publicly, 
and do other terrible things. It makes a certain kind of sense at a certain point if Homer's desperate enough for money, which is what they propose at the beginning of the episode. Like, yeah, which is the whole point of this episode is, hey, right. it turns out Homer's desperate for money because he's an idiot. Right. And that's fine. But when you start it with, I will give you $4 to throw this at a coworker who you just said is a war hero, uh, that it's, it's just another like, how are it? it and it, I think it, it like the, the idea itself, I think is really good. Like the idea of Homer having to find his dignity. I think there's, there's kind of material there. There's grist for the mill, but when you make it the whole rest, like you make it a very serious, like, Oh, I need this money. The family needs the money. And I think that's, it doesn't, it doesn't have enough urgency. We need, I, I, I think you need kind of like a scene where bills are due, where, you know, you need a ticking clock, basically. Like there's a, there's a, has to be a reason Homer needs this money right the hell now. Yeah. And so that makes us feel a little bit more, urgent about like okay i understand why homer is willing to do anything for money like he needs bills due or or kids are sick or marge is sick or something like and we have no money we have to pay for the doctor like that makes it makes sense but because the episode doesn't want to be too serious about anything i can't take this seriously and so it's just kind of like basically an exercise in meanness and and also i'm gonna the my second question matt to to preface everything we're about to talk about does burns does the the does burns doing this feel like a burns thing to do burns what making homer do pull pranks on people like literally spending a lot of time just having laughing at homer causing mayhem hmm well i can see it uh, mainly because, you know, Burns is, as we have established, basically an evil character. Normally, he's a very lawful evil. He just wants to be in charge and have power, but he still gets joy out of the uh, suffering of others. So on that part, I can kind of see this, but it seems like Burns would probably spend his time doing this in a more systematic way. It seems a little out of character for him to say, I want this one person to cause mayhem. And he'd be more like, I'm going to buy the orphanage and turn it into a toy store for, you know, with really expensive toys. That's the kind of suffering he enjoys. So it's not entirely out of character, but it is a different, you know, uh, method of operation than he usually has. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's really, not, it's definitely not my largest complaint is birds being out of character about yeah. this. Like it's, it's a problem, but it's not a big problem, but it, I think it is out of character for him. I don't think it's a thing birds would do for like, you could easily have another rich character stand and come and do, this stuff and i think it would work fine and for but it doesn't they use burns and it, and that's another problem we, we'll see as the show goes along is that they stretch characters too far because they don't want to make new ones you know burns becomes oh we need a character with a lot of money so it's burns like it yeah. it, it, it we need a character that is religious uh for any situation it's flanders you know it doesn't necessarily mean you know mean it meets flanders character or at any given point but we have him and he's the religious character so that's what we use him for um so as homer now as a prank monkey we go to commercial and when we come back uh we have basically homer they're basically setting up comic book guy uh for a horrific prank um 
we see comic book guy eating a hundred peeps and limiting that the real chicks don't go down that easily. Oh Once my again, disgusting God. jokes that <laughs> should have no place in the Simpsons. We're going to move right past it. Cause I don't care anymore. <laughs> and, uh, we see Mr. Burns, uh, basically setting up Homer to do something absolutely horrific because he's awful. I'd like to buy a mint condition Spider-Man number one, please. And I'd like an hour on the holodeck with seven of nine. Saturn's rings. Let me get that for you. Paper bag or triple mylar? Uh, no thanks. I'll just eat it here. Oh, oh no! What are you doing? Good, fair, poor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a glorious first-rate job, monkey. Do I get paid now? Oh, where are my manners? There. <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> You're so much more fun than Smith is. Why, he doesn't know the meaning of the word gay. So, a couple of things. I wanted to include that last part just because, ha, uh, ha, ha. Smithers might or not might may not be uh, may or may not be gay. Whoop de doo. Uh, but this is just I can see how from a capitalistic standpoint that oh comic book guy got the amount of money that he valued that for. Uh, but uh, that's just destroying something that people love, and that's just wrong. <laughs> that's, uh, I know they're supposed to be evil, but man, that's that's pretty evil. Yeah, as a comic book fan, I'm as a person who collects overage comic books, I find it very upsetting to have something destroyed like that. I immediately met like I, it, it's fine. Like it's as for whatever. I, it feels again a little out of character for Burns. If I was gonna be, here's my spin: Burns hires Homer to buy the comic book and has him even has him eat it in front of comic book guy. And then it's revealed that Burns has secretly bought all the other copies of Spider-Man and has, by destroying all the others, he has made his copies worth more. That does sound like a very Mr. Burns thing to do. You're right. I don't, that's just what I had in, in off the top of the dome, but it's just, it's yeah. This is a, of all the pranks, like this isn't a, this is not a bad, I mean, it's bothers me because I love comic books, but it's not for like the premise of the episode. It's all right. You know, it's not, it's not as mean to it's, I don't know. It's creative in its meanness. So it's better. I think <laughs> also it's not that bad for Homer. Eating a comic book is not that bad for you. The rest yeah. of this stuff. I, I mean, just... it's newsprint, <sighs> you know, it's not going to hurt you really. It's just, it's like yeah. fiber. It's like eating Parmesan cheese. Basically. So uh, next up, we get a quick glimpse at the Malibu Stacy musical, uh, which, again, really makes me want to see the Malibu Stacy musical. It looks like something very interesting. Um, but we only get a, a portion of one song. I'm not even sure why it's in here unless it's in here to fill time, because it has no relation to the rest of the episode. So that yes, Smithers did do what he said he was going to do. It's it's weird. Um I mean, I like Did you it. Have I mean, I like it. I, 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 again, it just is like, hey, I wish I we could see more of it. I do. It, it, Matt, the whole episode is filling time. It never. It, it really is. It doesn't. It doesn't. It. It has. It has the pretense of a story arc. 
but it it like a lot of other se- of Scully Air episodes at at any level of examination it falls apart. So it's it's just a bunch of zany stuff happening. True. Speaking of which, uh, next we have the follow-up prank is Homer in a stadium bathroom with a giant diaper on pretending to be a baby. You know, there's a lot of bad pranks in this episode. What is the point? Did, did they invent the YouTube prank genre back in the early 2000s before any of it existed? Because this feels like that. I mean, Matt, are you familiar with the television show Jackass? I am, but at least their stuff was mostly entertaining. It wasn't, hey, there's a guy in a diaper in this bathroom. Woo. I mean, some of the Jackass stunts were just like people in public places doing dumb things like this. It's not, it was not, like some of Jackass is funny. Some of it is absolutely terrible. And this is no different. I, I I will take this moment to say that this whole episode is based on a movie um, called The Magic Christian. What? Have you ever heard of the movie The Magic Christian? Matt? No. Okay. Well, it came out in 1970, so that might be why. Uh, yeah. It is also uh, almost universally panned. It stars Peter Sellers and Ringo Starr. Wow. Okay. All right. Um, but as far as I can tell, I've not watched this film, but I read the plot summary. I looked it up. As much as I could, it looks literally the same. Like, it is literally the same plot of a rich guy hires a dude to be bad. Like, do really terrible stuff in front of people. Um, I'm assuming it has a little bit more nuance to it. Probably from the reviews, which are, like I said, universally panned. Almost everyone hates it. It feels like it's going for the same thing. Where it's just like, hey, shock value, bad stuff, throw it at you. So that really, if you're asking what invented the YouTube prank shows, it was the Magic Christian in 1970. Oh, okay, good. But, well, I'm glad I know that now. But I mean, I th- this whole episode, like, if you haven't seen the Magic Christian, this episode is is just like, hey, Homer becomes a YouTube pranker, basically, which are almost incredible, like, a, a, a negative impact on humanity universally yeah so there's no and there's so that's yeah there it it is all that's all it is man there's nothing else all right fair enough so after this weird prank uh we see that homer is using the money for good things uh he catches the kids up on six years worth of uh, vaccinations and there's a weird joke about a polio shot versus an anti-polio shot and i get what they're going for here but back in the 2000s i don't think anti-vaccination was as big a thing now and i just (laughs) I worry someone's going to see this and go, see, see, they do have shots that give you polio. <sighs> Man, I, what? I don't want to, I don't, I, I have this thought occasionally. I don't want to outlaw satire and parody because some people are too dumb for it. You know, you're right. You're right. I just, uh, why can't we restrict what dumb people are allowed to have access to? Yeah, <laughs> it's a very complicated question, man. I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't think I'm authorized to answer for you. Okay, fair enough. Um, but yes, uh, that, that is really quick. That is like a 30 second bit. Uh, then we go to the zoo, uh, where we see a surprisingly funny bit about, uh, Milhouse and Kirk, uh, who apparently pay $68 a month in child support, uh, which apparently went to a weekday dad's DVD player, which would it, one of the best jokes in the episode, honestly, I, my only question is, would it, it be, um, Luann paying Kirk child support? I mean, it depends. I mean, if they had shared custody, generally it's whoever 
gets the child more uh, gets, uh, child support, I believe. But I mean, so I would, I get, I like, it's not like, like, it's usually, you know, in divorce situations and it's usually what they are accustomed to, but Kirk was unemployed. Like he has no money. Yeah. I don't think the judge would go like, Hey, you have to pay your, uh, you have no job. Like he wasn't giving her money before. I don't know about divorce law, so I'm not. I'm a, yeah. Also, I don't know where Luann gets her money. Have we ever seen her have a job? She's date, she's she still dates American Gladiator, dude, right? <laughs> I mean, I think last time we saw, yeah. <laughs> I assume that she just, you know, as a she just finds rich men, and she probably has. A, I don't know. She seems she seems capable, but but she didn't have a job. I think she was a homemaker. I mean, and then that's Kirk lost his job. Seen her the, work, so I, that, Kirk, that's also why I assume child, he, uh, Kirk pays child support. And Kirk, I mean, but Kirk lost his big job at the Cracker Factory, so. I don't know. I don't know. Kirk is so. again. Uh, we are. We, you can tell by how much we're focusing on things that aren't the core parts of this episode. <laughs> the tiny little jokes. They're like, hey, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, this is basically an introduction to get us to the zoo, where we find out that uh, Burns has Homer dress up like a panda and has donated the panda to the zoo. Uh, where he basically forces Homer to get up in front of a crowd and entertain, where he does dances which apparently homer is doing the lindy hop which pandas totally do in the real world uh but then uh they have to cool her down her being you know the the panda homer uh so they hit him with shock prods which uh are extremely painful uh when they're designed for animals who have thick hides and then homer is uh let's say assaulted by a male panda uh because they wanted them to mate and homer accidentally tripped over something so this is where the episode goes poorly for me. It gets worse. But this is where I'm like, whoa, this is this is way out it, out in left field. No, thank you. It's I don't know. I, I don't know what we're supposed to. OK. One Homer dressed up as a panda and dancing and getting shocked. Not funny. It is literally the lowest level of humor. You're literally laughing at someone else's pain. There's nothing yep. else to it. And I don't I'm not going to apologize for thinking it's bad. Uh, it is terrible, and it's for in the first place. But it's no worse than anything we've seen pr- in previous episodes. It's just kind of dumb physical comedy. And then Homer is—I don't know what we're supposed. Okay, I don't know what we're supposed to think because obviously Homer is wearing a panda suit, right? I don't know if we're supposed to assume that the pan- the male panda literally rapes him. Or if it's just like him, the male panda, like humping the suit. I don't know. I don't really want to get into like the nitty gritty of the panda on panda sexual assault that's happening here. But it is bad. It is terrible. It is embarrassing, honestly. It feels it's embarrassing to think that this is in a Simpsons episode. It is. Yeah, because. Sorry, go ahead. So bad. Yeah, I mean, you could have just had Homer running away from the panda and he even be trapped somewhere. You don't need to follow through with the implication that the panda did something to Homer, hopefully just the panda suit. Uh, but, I mean, this is just awful. I mean, this is saying, that, oh, yes, yeah, sexual assault is funny because it's Homer being assaulted and because it's an animal. Like, that's that's still not funny. I, 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 I don't know what the, the – I don't know how, like – for speciality is hilarious to the Simpsons writers at the time, uh, but I find it 
not even offensive. It's it's just it's embarrassing. I feel embarrassed on behalf of the show. Like this is this is why people when they say I'm a fan of the Simpsons only the golden years because this thing exists because you can say I'm a fan of the Simpsons and I love all of it. They go even the stuff when there's like a male panda sexually assaults Homer. Yeah, like no, no, of course not because I'm I I, I there are people out there who think this was funny. Matt. I know I'm sure they were probably involved in Gamergate. I, I'm. <laughs> I, I, I just I read a lot of reviews. I I looked at more reviews than normal over the the breadth of the internet because this is often listed as among the worst episode ever lists. And there are people who thought this bit was funny. I find it terrible and and worst like it's the worst insult. It's just lazy and dumb and doesn't like. There's other. I think there's more inventive ways to hurt Homer's dignity. Than him being a panda. I don't know. This is bleh. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's move on before we get too depressed. Too late. So at its point, after Homer escapes uh, from the bed that he is sharing with the male panda, which anyway, uh, Homer escapes. He jumps over the fence, but gets caught and is hanging upside down where he is then sprayed by skunks, which are somehow in the zoo. And Lisa discovers him and figures the whole thing out. That That's his Homer's whole new job. And that's where we go to a commercial. I mean, I've seen I've seen skunks in a zoo before, but just wandering around wild. That's their like, oh, they, they're next to the their their pens next to the panda pen. Sure, sure. That's it, somehow Lisa also got into. She's she's not in the pen. She's next to it. She's like the she's watching them. Oh, okay, Matt. If this is the if this is the we this is not the this is <laughs> the Homer getting sprayed by skunks is fine. I don't care. Uh, that is like acceptable level of you know losing his dignity. When we come back from commercial, um, Homer has been convinced by Lisa that he needs to stop it, and he talks to Mister Birds about. Finding his dignity. So this is your mysterious new job for Mr. Burns. Yes, I humiliate myself for fistfuls of cash. <laughs> oh, Dad, you have to stop. I know. <laughs> well done, monkey. That other panda gave some unexpected zans to the festivities, eh? Maybe for you. How come you didn't rescue me? <laughs> Too busy trying to keep my sides from splitting. It's happened before. <laughs> Monty say, monkey do, what could be better? Well, you could treat me with a little respect. Do oh, shut up, you tub of guts. You see, that's what I'm saying. Well, a little do-re-me will smooth this over. He doesn't want your dirty money. Oh, come now. Everyone has his price. Not my dad. Shh, the grown-ups are talking, honey. Dad, how can you put a price on your dignity? She's right. Yes, I may be naked and reeking of panda love. But I've got to stop this before it goes too far. Take that back for $903. I retract my statement. <laughs> Dad! I mean, screw you! Well, well, it looks like my monkey has evolved into a man. A poor man. What? Oh, why did he have to say that extra thing? Forget about him, Dad. I'm proud of you. I, like, that... That core sentiment is good. Yes. I mean, this is supposed to be the point in the episode where Homer realizes that 
his dignity does have a price and it, it's gotten above that essentially and in it's a start it's something and i i think that like there are bits and pieces here where you can see that you're like all right that's a good that's a good message and that's something that a, a good episode could explore and unfortunately this it just gets lost in the wash here like you get that moment and you're like all right and then homer goes to a toy store because he wants to spend the money to help people to make up for all the he hasn't really done a lot to other people he's mostly just done this to himself so far there hasn't been a lot of uh, like he ate a comic book but but frankly comic book guy got paid for it like he's offended an old lady one time yes so far no one has really been hurt except comic book guy's dignity and him well yeah that's it but now he's going to do this to make up for all this by going to a toy store and buying toys for a bunch of kids. And now it's Christmas time, Matt. Well, of course. Didn't you realize this is totally Christmas? I mean, did this actually come out on Christmas? What, what episode it's November, are we on? It's, it's right before Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. It's November. Um, I I don't – like it's a very sudden – you're like, what? Christmas? And then you're like uh, – like normally Christmas episodes are Christmas all the way through. They're not just suddenly like, hey, Christmas is happening now. And so he goes to the toy store. He talks to the toy store owner uh, who we learned some terrible secrets about. And then Homer is asked to play Santa Claus. And again, I'm not I don't think we're going to bring up every time the show plagiarizes itself. I, I think having Homer play Santa again publicly a bridge too far for me. <laughs> That's I it's 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 past the line of demarcation. I don't I that's a, hey, it's the first episode of the show. Maybe have a different thing that's happening, but whatever. You can have you can have him in a parade and not have him be Santa Claus. It doesn't but whatever. Whoa. Whatever. Whatever. We cut to a Christmas parade. Suddenly, Homer is now Santa Claus in a Christmas parade. Uh we get uh, uh some we have Kent Brockman and Lisa Gibbons there. They're making jokes about global warming. Uh we got b- parade balloons that are off bright off weird parade balloons. You got a funky winter winker bean. Winker bean. Oh yeah, funky winker bean. Woo! I can't stand funky winker bean bean. I don't know that I've ever actually it it's it's really depressing it's kind of it's i mean Fair it's enough. not supposed to be funny it is like a drama uh comic strip but i still find it very awful uh it's like someone weaponizes baby boomer depression that's felt that's what funky Ugh. winker being is to me it feels like that weaponized baby boomer depression um so we're at the parade everyone's happy there's balloons and floats and Homer's there, and he's throwing gifts to children as he as he goes by. This seems not like a very practical way to give gifts to to these kids, but whatever. Again, it's another another note in a lot of big problems with this episode. So we get Homer on a float with suddenly Burns appears with ulterior motives. Ahoy, hoy, Saint Nick! Thanksgiving. Uh oh. Prepare to be boarded. <laughs> what are you doing here? I told you I'm not your monkey anymore. Silence, monkey. 
Now that you're Father Christmas, we have an opportunity to bend this down over our knee and give it a pranking it will never forget. Here's what we do. Here's a float saluting the Native Americans who taught us how to celebrate Thanksgiving. Interesting side note on this float, the paper mache is composed entirely of broken treaties. <laughs> They're good sports. The answer is no, Mr. Burns. Not for any amount of money. Not for one million dollars. <gasps> oh, so much money. But Santa can't be evil. But it's so much money. And here's the float everyone's been waiting for. Yes, whether you're Christian or just non-Jewish, everybody loves Santa Claus. Oh, he was supposed to be throwing out toys, but he seems to be hurling some sort of candy treats, Lisa. Wait a minute, Kent. That is not candy. That's fish guts. The doctor said I could take this patch off five minutes a day. Hey, that's just enough time to see Santa Claus. Ah, why, Santa, why? Oh, no, here come the gulls. Yeah. Uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade, I guess. Not a Christmas parade, but whatever. Holiday parade. Um, So now we see Santa Claus throwing fish guts on the crowd. Like you do. Sure, we get the uh, the the racist mascot of the Cleveland Indians. Yep, and I don't I don't know if them making overtly like com- like yay kind of sat- satirical comments about that make it better. I know I don't want to ever see it again. Uh, yep. So that's how I feel about it. Uh, so that doesn't make me feel good. Uh, then we get you know to the twist. Of the ending where it is revealed that Homer is not Santa Claus. It is Mr. Burns. Oh, Dad, you sold your soul. Not yet, honey. Dad, but if you're here, who's that on the float? Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. What's going on? Let's just say Lisa gave me an early Christmas present. The gift of dignity. I, how did Mr. Burns get the Santa suit? And why does it fit him? And how did they do the switch? None of it makes sense. It doesn't make any, like, if Homer, why doesn't this end with just Burns throwing, I mean, Homer throwing birds into a bucket, a bucket of fish guts? Why is that not the ending? Because that feels literally like what they're leading to. I don't necessarily like it, but it's better than this. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It should be Homer loudly declaring no. It should be Burns offering him an exorbitant amount of money. Enough money to live on for the rest of his life. And it should be Homer going, no, I refuse. I have my dignity. And throwing Burns into the bucket of fish guts. It's easy. It is so easy. That's the simple. It's such an easy. Like, it is like every. Like, if you want to go for that big Christmas holiday movie thing. It's that is what happens. The big evil villain gets the recompense. We have we as an audience feel a measure of justice and Homer retains his dignity. Instead, for some reason, Burns is now in the Santa costume, which means Homer had to get out of it at some point, which means Homer did Homer just give him the the costume, whatever. And then did he get paid for that. Like, this is the thing I don't understand is if Homer didn't accept the money, why? Uh, how did why, why is Burns up there? It. 
Like, did Homer get the money, or did Burns pay him a lesser amount to take his spot? (laughs) That's the only thing that makes sense. But then Homer's like, no, I kept my dignity, but we're still going to end the episode with fish guts on people. Why? Do you you think that's funny? Just the, the... do you think it's funny just the the very idea of people in a holiday parade getting covered at with fish guts with chum is that inherently hilarious to the writers? I guess so. It's stupid. I I don't yep. like this is not this is all kind of broadly obvious but none of it just it 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 again unforced errors. There is no need like if I probably would think this episode is fine if it just ended with Homer being standing tall and refusing burns. And it would still have tons of problems because all Scully Year episodes have tons of problems. But I would probably go, oh, well, at least they completed the arc. They don't. Homer, all he does is burn. Homer does definitely doesn't, I, I guess, doesn't take the money. But it doesn't make any sense that Burns still throws fish guts on people. Like, why is that? He should suffer. He's the villain. Like, something should happen to him where he does not get what he wants. And when he, like, I don't know why, and this is is a thing that's happening over and over and over, like, in these years, is we're like, hey, it's a twist ending where everyone's unhappy. And you're like, oh. Just like life. I, I, I don't want that. Like, I, I don't, I think maybe they get confused because in the gold, like, the best episodes sometimes have kind of like twisty jokey endings that undercut a saccharine moment like to just to make sure that we don't feel too sitcommy right you know it's it's to make it feel like oh like hey don't forget like we we don't want you to we want you to remember that this is trying to be acerbic and trying to not necessarily just be a straight up sitcom most of the time but when you don't complete your a story arc with your character the episode is filled with meanness, and then if the if the episode ends with meanness, and this episode is filled with meanness, you're not you're not undercutting anything. Like you're, there's no saccharine sweetness to undercut. You're undercutting a character arc, is what you're doing. Uh this episode's bad. It is not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it's still really dang bad. It's really bad. It's not. Yeah, I I agree with you. I don't think it is as bad as I thought it would be. I thought that I'd be frothing in my mouth the entire time. It's just plain bad. The panda stuff is honestly, like if you left the panda in and you just let Homer have a, a meaningful character arc, I'd probably live with it, but he doesn't even get it. He doesn't get, they get covered in fish guts at the end by Burns who wins. Burns gets exactly what he wants. I guess what, I mean, Burns, I guess, doesn't have Homer throw fish guts on people, so it's like a sort of a victory, but people still get fish guts on them. Like, it's gross. Like, why is this, why, you're not, I don't know. Um, um, so Matt, is this episode, we'll rank this episode in the show, is this episode broken? I don't think it's broken, I just think it, it fails in the same way that a lot of things that we have said recently have failed. Hmm... I'm not so sure about that. Oh, really? You think it's actually broken? Okay. Well, if it is broken, what is broken about it and how would you fix it? Good question, man. No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Uh I I would – I'm going to ignore most of the just like scully or problems of like, hey, the first act is random and we get to the plot too late, whatever. 
Uh, take out uh, Panda Rape. I think that's uh, I think that's okay. Just to start with, uh, don't you don't need to include. I I don't need Homer as Santa Claus again. Uh, you can have him be a prank monkey to Burns. Burns has to pay at the end. He has to. Yeah. There's no ifs ands and buts about it. Like Homer has to retain his dignity. If you're gonna frame this episode as a like a kind of a a, a war over ethics, the the person who's unethical has to pay. It's it's you, the audience needs that catharsis. At least I do. I don't. Yeah. I'm not happy at the end of this thing. I'm just like, oh, okay, that's great. An orphan child gets thro- gets covered in fish guts. Isn't that amazing? That's like, so hilarious. It's so good. Uh, no jokes. No repeat jokes. No repeat. I again. No, don't have Homer play Santa Claus. You can have Smithers leave. That's fine. I don't care about that. That's as good enough. A good reason as any. Uh, or you have him there, and he's secretly helping Homer all along. Like he 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 is there and goes along with it because of his loyalty to Burns, and is secretly you know rooting against Burns or secretly helping Homer along the way. And he could be the voice of reason along with Lisa about, hey, why are you doing this? Blah, 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 blah. I don't mind. I like the root of this episode is good. It's just the execution is terrible. It's just so yeah. bad. And I, I, it doesn't make any sense to me, like how this is the choice you make. Like it, it feel, this feels again, this feels like an episode. This episode is a prank. Like it feels like a dare. Like, hey, let's try and end this the worst way or or include the the worst things in this episode like is it it feels con- it like conscious it feels like a conscious decision to make the episode worse and it, i don't think it is cuz people don't act normal most people don't do that they don't consciously you know try and sabotage their life uh or what they make it just feels like that the the writers the creators don't know what the simpsons are or at least they saw a few things about the golden years. They're like, oh, I like it when this happens, when Homer is a jerk and, and when funny, bad things happen to him. And for some reason, they think that that's what other people enjoy. And now that's all the show is rather right. than having that, you know, uh, tempered by I don't know. the schmaltzy stuff that they probably didn't care about. I, I, I don't need it's not a measure of like yeah, at a certain point. It is not a measurement of what I my tastes are. At a certain point, is literally a measurement of how you tell a story. Like it's not complicated. It 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 is okay to be formulaic. That yeah. is fine. That is okay. That is perfectly acceptable. You do not need to subvert things just for the sake of subversion. That doesn't make a better story. Like have a story where Homer, if it's Homer's dignity, Homer wins, Burns loses. Like think of all the versus episodes. What happens in them? Like we have a clear winner and loser, and it's okay. It doesn't need to be complicated, and these guys are certainly not equipped to like give an episode nuance of like, eh, there's things that are both sides that are good. I'm like, no, I don't. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, this is I can't. I again, this episode's terrible. Um, I would, but I think that's the thing that it's not irredeemable. I think if you change a few things, it makes it work. But in the its current form, it doesn't. Indeed. Uh, we can move on. To our next segment, it's time for the comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I come through the old alt.tv.simpsons news group, see what people were talking about the week or two after an episode debuted, what they thought of the episode, any other notes 
we noticed uh, on there. Um, so, Matt, I got some reviews for you. Okay. Uh, this is the this is the most positive one. It's it's a B minus. You know, I, I'm glad to see that at least that's the best it got. I liked the prank monkey idea, and I liked the complete reversal of Homer from the jerkass years. The last exchange on the float seemed unwieldy, and the pan theme was too drawn out. But overall, I liked the plot. What got me what what got to me was the past episode references. Even the pandas and last eps last episodes KFP. Got me. I don't know what it means. I finally see what everyone is harping about. The obnoxious guy at the counter. I wish to never appear again when I first saw him. That's the the yes guy. Yes. Oh. Um, there's one exchange, sorry, writing essay, can't think too well, where there were several past references all in one scene and it made me sick. If you can't come up with new ideas, new ideas, guys, stop writing the show. Ha ha. Hey, that's a, <laughs> that's a good joke. Uh, the new, uh, next review. Was this a new episode? I'm not entirely sure. Nearly all the jokes were photocopied from early episodes. The trap door not working. The aging software. Lenny getting something in his eye. After useful, you can go anywhere from here set up. The story fades out of existence. The pacing is terrible. With Homer's pranks forming the bulk of the plot. I kept waiting for that to be over so I get around to the real story. Homer vs. Dignity of Time seems like it was edited together from a bunch of already written scenes of Homer acting wacky, which didn't fit in any other episode. There's no story. No point, no reason, no lasting impression, and very few really funny jokes. I did like Wiggum's scene. Uh, it functions more like a Turing test, where the challenge is to guess whether the show is written by a man or a machine. I'm voting for the latter. <laughs> that's it. That's a, that. That's a <laughs> okay. What okay, grade? That, what grade? That's a good review. What grade is that, Matt? What grade is that? You think? I'm gonna go with that being a C minus. That's a C. That's a solid C. All right, then. Uh, our next one. This was the closest thing to a clip episode with Homer performing the same old tricks. Mr. Burns was turned from a mean old boss to a senile, strange old man. Bad jokes and a worse plot were most annoying. Luckily, Beard at Buck's victory kept me amused. D minus. Fair enough. Bucks won the Super Bowl. That, was, mm, that year. Wow, that was a long time ago. I was a Bucks fan at that time. Um, uh, last review. An utter disappointment. Although there wasn't much lack of realism and jerk-ass behavior as such, it was nothing but embarrassing to see Homer in this episode. Now that it was about dignity, the way Homer was treated in this episode was simply unwatchable. The idea to have Homer learning a lesson after a painful experience didn't work out for me in this one at all, as it was just so extremely blunt and uninspired. Definitely one of the worst strips ever. F. Yep. Okay. Yep, I, I agree. Uh, finally, uh, a better description of uh, Funky Winkerbean. It's a comic strip drawn by Tom Badiak that dealt with a teenager named Funky, his friends less than crazy, and the faculty at the high school he attends somewhat sporadically funny, except for Mr. Dinkle, the band instructor, who's hilarious. Uh, Badiak, who draws the comic strip Crankshaft, once complained a number of years ago that nobody has ever approached him about licensing his character for t-shirts to coffee mugs, which makes the appearance of the Funky Balloon even funnier. Uh, Funky Winker Bean also is a show that is a, is a comic that I believe the characters age as as the years have gone on. Well, and there's I younger mean, new younger like part of it. new younger characters are introduced. Um, I would I would agree if Funky wasn't a character anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> from what I've read of it, I've not read a lot of it. I what I have read is uh, oof. Oof, not for me. I'll say that. It's probably the people who are fans of it probably will read it forever. I'm I jumped off after I read a few of them. Um, not much else. I didn't want to delve too deeply into this episode because spending time in it is upsetting. Uh, our next segment is the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. 
Our listener question of the week this week is, what is the most underrated Lisa episode? A lot of good responses. I love I love some good Lisa discussion. Uh, from Lauren, I would say Lisa Sachs from season nine. The episode focuses on the love between Homer and Lisa. They used to suffer the heat. He puts his daughter's needs first, not once but twice. Then anywhere Lisa reads the description, the Sachs is truly a heart when we've seen. Uh, from Hannah, I want to be clever and bring up some obscure late season Lisa episode, but my honest answer is season one's Moaning Lisa. Was that depressed little girl about Lisa's age? Her struggle helped me deal with my own. That is a sign of great art. Uh, Darren, all my favorite Lisa episodes are pretty well rated, but if we were talking about underrated, underrated, Daticus Finch has been my favorite season 30 episode so far. No, it's very on the nose of the whole To Kill a Mockingbird. It could have been more subtle, but I really liked how Homer acted in this episode. It was very cute how Lisa looked up to her dad. The ending wasn't great, but still think this episode is good and fairly underrated. Uh, Sean, I don't know how much credibility and attention the newest one is getting. Uh, where she loses her luster from playing the saxophone and family travels to New Orleans. But I've really enjoyed that episode. They called back to early episodes and created a touching moment in a storyline arc. I know it's a long way in the future, but I'm looking forward to the guys, re- looking forward to you guys reviewing it. Uh, we we talked about it on our Patreon. Yeah, I think we're fine on it. I don't really remember. Very well. uh, we were a little uh, down on the fact that rather than actually doing the whole Daticus Finch thing and, and not mentioning it. Like instead of it being basically a Simpsons version of no, uh, no, Kill no, Mockingbird, no, no, they no, called no, it out directly. No, 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 not that one, Matt. The, the the New Orleans one. Oh, the New Orleans one. That's right. Sorry. I uh, I remember that that it's uh, Bleeding Gums' nephew, right? Isn't I that? believe so. Yeah. I, I I don't think we were very happy with it, uh, mainly because of the like four minute montage of Homer eating different types of po'boys. The food does look good, though. Yeah, it does. I don't. I I am amazed you have such a memory. You can remember this better than I can because I don't have. I have very. I guess because I've only watched them one time. Um, Andrew from the one of the best post classic episodes is Halloween of Horror, the fourth episode of season twenty seven. Homer helps Lisa overcome her fear of Halloween. In the episode, Homer acts like a real parent, and Lisa acts like a real kid. The zaniness is kept to a minimum. Instead, it's got heart, character, and focuses on a clear obstacle or problem for the family to overcome without getting distracted by any bizarre tangents. It's a shame when you see a great Latter-day episode that would have fit in with season four or five. That is a misfortune of being lost amidst the shuffle of season 20-something Zombie Simpsons. True. Uh, Danny at King's, King's Fan Danny. Uh, Lisa on ice doesn't get talked about enough. She's so tough. It isn't having it. Millhouse at his best. Defense, defense. Come on. You call that blowing. And still to this day, why does Marge have Millhouse's teeth? Overall, fantastic Lisa episode. <laughs> uh, Abby at Abby Near. Moaning Lisa is not regarded much when discussing the best Lisa episodes. It's season one, so it's not the funniest episode, but it does a lot to solidify Lisa as a character. Homer vs. Lisa and the Eighth Commandment is also underrated. I employ a million at O. Benjamin. Lisa's date with De- Density is a rather sweet, entertaining episode that furthers her relationship with Nelson and gives us Happy Dude. Uh, Donnie, Donnie at the Desu, Lisa the Beauty Queen. It tackles many issues such as self-esteem, child pageants, peer slash social pressures, smoking, and personal beliefs and ethics and morals. Uh, Derek at Is Miss Derek. They save Lisa's brain. Always seems to fly under the radar. It's a part of the season that is in the context of classic seasons. Simpsons, subpar to say the least. However, this funny, inoffensive episode noticeably stays out in season 10. Make room for Lisa. This ain't. Uh, the Professor, yes, I would get. Lisa vs. Malibu Stacy is underrated. It's a tight episode about issues in the toy industry, and it's hilarious. Kent, after talking about Lisa Leinhardt for 28 minutes. Oh, and the president was arrested for murder. More on that tomorrow night. <laughs> and finally, Brandon at Funny Film Fan. I'd say my sister, my sitter, doesn't get talked about enough. While it's far from perfect, it does get at the heart of the Bart-Lisa dynamic. It shows how hard it is for Lisa to meet everyone's expectations for her. Matt, what is your answer? 
I'm actually a fairly decently large fan of the President Wore Pearls or Who Wore Pearls. Uh, I, I can't remember the exact name. I believe it uh, is it's, Who believe Wore Pearls. It's Who Wore Pearls. That's what I thought. Pearls. But the, on Wikipedia, it says it's just the President Wore Pearls. Um, but uh, it's a season 15 episode. And it is kind of an Evita parody, but not really. Uh, the ending is terrible. But the rest of the episode, it, it walks that fine line that I really appreciate of where Lisa is – uh, educated and almost a writer standing, but she's also a little girl who can be a little vain and, and gets excited about certain things. And that episode, I feel, does that balance quite well. Uh, also, the songs are actually really good. And this was back when they decided they didn't have to have a song every single episode. So, you know, it, it stood out in that season as one of the few with, with a song in it. So, honestly, I, I think it's really good. Everything online says it's President War Pearls. Both of us remembered as the president who wore pearls. I think this was like a Berenstein, Berenstein Bears situation uh, going be. on. We got stuck in a split dimension at some point. Um, I'm going to – I I think one uh, president wore pearls is, is a good answer. Uh, I would also, I would say back uh, – who was it? Um, Andrew, who – Andrew Cutler, who says uh, Halloween of Horror, which is – a great, I would, I'll call it a great episode of The Simpsons, and it's one that takes place in season twenty-seven, and I think it got a lot of press at the time. But for I, being the best episode in like ten years, yeah, uh, and I, but I still back it as I think because I would put it up along any of the great episode Lisa episodes. Like I think it's as good as in the same same place, like as Summer Four Four Two and Lisa Substitute and. Uh, Lisa on Ice and all those. I think it's as good as any of those, which is I am going to applaud any Latter-day Simpsons episode that is that good. Our listener question for next week is what is your instant turnoff for a Simpsons episode? What's it? It doesn't even need to be a bad episode. It could be like, hey, I don't like I don't like episodes where Marge gets a job <laughs> or I don't like episodes where Homer gets a weird job or I don't like episodes where uh, Bart gets a girlfriend. You know, and you could even say like ours, like we we hate episodes where Homer's a jerk for no reason. I mean, I that mean, seems pretty easy, but yeah, that's pretty popular. I would think that's a pretty popular answer, but uh, I don't know. That's next week's question. I'll post it on our social media: facebook.com slash the Simpson Show Pod, Twitter at Simpson Show Pod. You can email us at simpsonshowpod at gmail dot com. Next up, Matt, it is time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S M R T. I mean S M A R R T. The Nugo Trivia Challenge is for Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard, and try and stump the other. I have a three-point deficit. I feel like I went pretty easy on you this week, so we'll see if that's Matt, stands. you say that a lot, and guess what happens? <laughs> okay, well, put it this uh, way. I'm I did a, not look up any of my uh, questions. I knew them all off the top of my head, so at least there's you're, that. You're, 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 okay. Uh, are you ready for an easy question, Matt? I am ready. These are all from the summer of four foot two. Ooh, it's one of the best episodes ever. And I know you've seen it many, many times. It's true. Your easy question: What town did the Simpsons visit in the summer of four foot two? Little Pogmatasquam set port. You're correct. America's Scrod Basket. <laughs> <laughs> Scrod Basket is really good. What's my easy right. question? All right, all of your questions are from Mayored to the Mob. Oh, no. So your first, your easy question, who guest stars in Mayored to the Mob? This is Mark Hamill. You are correct, sir. Luke Skywalker himself. <laughs> Luke, be a Jedi tonight. Your exactly. medium question, what are 
Lisa's achievements in the yearbook as Bart reads to the new friends. Oh, Lord. Um, lunchroom attendant, bathroom monitor. Um, oh, this is the medium question. I can imagine the hard question. Uh, grammar rodeo, head buckaroo. Um, yearbook editor. I, I don't know if he says that, but that's all I got. Those, those are the four I remember. There are four, uh, but you only got one of them. Really? There, yes, it's Miss because per- earlier there. Early, I've asked you a previous question that it, because earlier in the episode we see her yearbook entry. Oh, that's right, and she is saying them. That's what I'm remembering. You're right. Uh, in in this scene, it is Bart reading off her achievements to them as they look on horrified. Uh, is Miss Perfect Attendance, uh, Grammar Rodeo, Head Buckaroo. Which is okay. I do like the the grammar rodeo callback. Yeah, uh, the French table and teacher's pet. Huh. I don't remember those last two. Okay. All right. So your medium question: mm-hmm. Who is in the Baimon Sci-Fi Con wrestling match? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Matt, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Do you not remember there being a wrestling match? I don't remember there being a wrestling match. <laughs> uh, I will. I can make blind guesses, though. Um, uh, the the no, I, I don't. I don't have any. I assume they're not real wrestlers. I so I don't know. <laughs> okay, uh, it is uh, the Cylons from uh, Battlestar Galactica uh, versus the Gay Robots from Star Wars, aka C three PO and R two D two. Oh. I do not remember that at all. Nope. Um, <laughs> some kaiju big battle going on in The Simpsons. Yeah. Your hard question, Matt. What are the other brands of fireworks available at the convenience store in Little Plagmatswamuswatwatwat? Other brands? They are not. Oh, they like are... when he walks back in the, the mm-hmm. secret room? Correct. I have no idea. I didn't even know they had writing on them. They do. Um, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them that we can read. There's a few more that I tried to make out what they say, but it was obscured and I have, you know, it's standard deaf to <laughs> to try and read. It's not incredibly easy. Um, and some of these, I'm not sure if they're brands or their advertisements. So I would have given you a little bit of credit, but oh, okay. the bang time fun bomb. <laughs> The Bright Color Assailant, The Little Militia, or Lil, Lil Militia, obviously, big difference. The Whistling Menace, which I like. There's also a box, I think it just says Mailback Grenades. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if that's just literal grenades or not. Uh, there's the Jumping Ancestor, uh, the Yang Se Doodle Fireworks, which is, I, that's really good. I wish they had spent a little bit more time focusing on the background gags. Yeah, right. And, and then, that one should be like, the, the, the camera pans right over it and hovers on it a second. And then play more with Claymore, which I don't know if that's an actual. I, that's one I was a little leaning on because I don't know if that's an actual brand or not. But it says play more with Claymore. But Yang Say Doodle Fireworks is pretty, pretty good. Yeah. It's a hard question, Matt, in an episode you've probably seen 25 times. Probably at least. What's my hard question? I forgot. I haven't asked yet. Uh, Mark's, Mark Hamill's face is on the poster next to what food item? Oh, God. Um, 
where when is this i don't remember this is these episodes i know right we're getting to the nitty-gritty now where i don't remember i don't i don't i don't rewatch those episodes not because they're not that great they're not good uh, they're, right. i mean they're all right that one's all right married to the mom is all right i think um what food item it is i'm trying to remember the food they serve it is it is um is it salisbury steak you are actually close it is pepper steak pepper steak yeah hey pal it's my face up there next to the pepper steak and don't you forget it pepper steak I, was, I knew it was steak or so i knew it was uh, yeah. what is i don't understand what pepper isn't that just steak i have no idea like pe- i put pepper on all my steaks i do too who doesn't like when i ate steak but still i gotta tell you matt sous vide steak oh man who boy good to know very good um we have some bonus questions matt indeed we do i've got yours if you've got mine yeah these are from homie the clown he's from john he's given us easy medium questions for each of us from this episode uh i'll start us off matt your easy question what baggy item of clown clothing fit homer perfectly uh the pants you're correct good job okay <laughs> all right your easy question what is the name of the character helping open a branch of crusty burger who homer mistakes as an actual thief oh the hamburglar <laughs> you're close what is it is it not the hamburglar who is it then? It, it's the crusty version oh um I didn't. Re- I did not even realize that they did bother to separate them. Uh, to One make of the kids it- says it's the. Oh right. Um, I can't remember it. I can't. I can't remember it. Okay, it's easy. I'll give you. It's the crusty burglar. Crusty. That's. <laughs> that's bad. I don't. I don't like that at all. That's the crusty burglar. All right. Your medium question. What are the funny places name? Funny place names. Crusty mentions at the clown college. Okay. Uh, Cucamonga, Keokuk, um, Seattle. There's one more. There's Walla one. Walla. You're, that's it. Those are it. You got okay. Them. It's got Walla Walla, Keokuk, Cucamonga, and Seattle. Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Seattle. That's so funny. That's All right. Good. Your medium question. What is the name of the bicycle trick performed by Krusty and Homer throughout the episode? Oh, man. I think... I think all the vile and venom of these most recent episodes has pushed out all my information, all my trivia knowledge. Aww. I really well, think. You, sh- you should watch four or five classic episodes for every new episode that you watch. I have other, th- I can't keep up. Um, I, It's just a rate of attrition. It's just, it's, I can't match it. Uh, the name of the bicycle trick. I can picture the bicycle trick. Like, I know I could step by step. I could tell you what happens. You in could the bicycle do it trick. if you had to. I could not do that bicycle trick. Uh, <laughs> I hurt my wrist riding a normal bicycle. I don't think I could manage with a little tiny, little tiny tricycle. Uh, it is the 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 trick with the 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 I the 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 Don asks him to do the trick. I don't remember, Matt. I have no idea. It is the spin cycle fantastic trick. Okay, all right. Your hard question, Matt. When the the mafia kidnap Homer. As Krusty. Homer reasons he's not Krusty, but four other people. What reasons do the Mafia give e- against each of the aliases Homer provides? Okay. Uh, Barney Gumble, the same Barney Gumble who's been taking pictures of my sister. Um, Benedict Arnold, uh, who surrendered, uh, the hated Benedict Arnold, who surrendered West Point to the hated British, which Benedict Arnold gets a bad uh, rap. I just want to say that out loud. Um, wait, who are the other two? 
Joe Valachi, the same Joe Valachi who squealed to the Senate about organized crime. You're you're almost there, Nick. One more. Oh, I can't, okay. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. One more. Oh, uh, Homer Simpson, the same Homer Simpson who. What, what did Homer do? I can't remember what Homer did. <laughs> oh man, I cannot remember what Homer did. I'm sorry. Crash his car through the wall. Of, the wall of our club through the wall of our club. Wall, wall of That's our club. <laughs> but you did. That was very good, Matt. You got almost all. What do you mean? People are too hard on Benedict Arnold. He was a traitor. Well, he was, but he got shafted hard by like all the other people that were in charge. Not an excuse to betray your country, man. It wasn't even his country at that point. They were a bunch of rebels rebelling against their... Not an excuse to betray your rebellion. Okay. Anyway, your hard question. History is written by the winners. (laughs) It really is. Anyway, okay, your hard question. Announced by Homer, what award is won by Old Starsky and Hutches at the Cable Ace Awards? (laughs) Oh, and who accepts the award? (laughs) Uh, 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 Best... I, I don't know, best ongoing series, and it's accepted by uh, Huggy Bear, or whatever the guy's character's name is. You're close. It's the most promising new series on cable, is Old Starsky and Hutches. <laughs> it's accepted by the son of the guy who played Huggy Bear. Okay, son of the guy who played Huggy Bear. <laughs> okay. I, got, I was in the ballpark for that one, at least. But I didn't. Yeah. I, I remembered that it existed, I guess, is the, the in the ballpark for me. So we're even through uh, in this episode, Matt. One to one. Yeah, yeah. One to one. I'm down three points though, so that's not good. I'm just very dumb. It's a problem. <laughs> it's these episodes. They're rotting your brain. I sometimes feel like that. I do some. I sometimes feel like I am appreciably dumber after I watch these ep- these season twelve episodes, and it's not good. It feels like it is like kind of eating away at my my brain cells. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not forgetting the good Simpsons. I'm not getting any more brain cells. There's no more brain cells coming into my brain. That's a problem. If the Simpsons, the the season twelve Simpsons, is actively destroying them. Um, that that'll do it for trivia for today. Thanks, John, for sending us the bonus questions. He's because he sent us a bunch of them. I really appreciate it. Um, we can move on to our final segment, the segment we end every single episode with. It is time for best episode ever. Best. Episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically. So we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Hey, Matt, I made us a new list. I a saw it. So fancy. It's fancy. Now we can look at where we can look at overall ranking first, and then we can see where episodes rank in the post golden years, which I have post season. It's basically 10 and after. We I have, I think we can. All, we both agree season 10 is where everything falls off a cliff so we will have uh, a, a new we will have a post golden years rank so we could have a uh, a runner-up number one basically best episode of of the of the post golden years and it allows us i can have fun with the data at a later date basically so man this episode's very very bad it is, but like we said, it's it's surprisingly not as bad as it could have been. I mean, we go down to the bottom. We're talking Mad, Mad, Mad Marge and Missionary Impossible. I would actually put it probably somewhere around 2.30. Like, I, I think my room for Lisa is slightly better, but when it comes to screaming yellow honkers and kidney trouble when you dish upon a star, I think it's somewhere in there. I, who, uh, I, 
would put it near Star Galactica, honestly. I th- I don't think it's I, I think it's above the bottom yeah. those bottom three. I think those bottom three are that is the offensive offensively bad category. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I, sometimes I look at I mean Star Galactica is also offensively. I mean elves. I, I diving I horses. Well, I mean Come it's just now. really dumb stuff. It's really dumb and it doesn't Oh, I see what you mean. I gotcha. Okay. It's really, really dumb and it there's the you know it has all the bad scullier stuff and there's not really the story arcs don't make sense but it's not like hey we're gonna be late like literally cut out essential scenes we're not we're not gonna have an ending we're gonna be offensive towards women or 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 uh native peoples of wherever you know like 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 essential pro like things that are i think bigger problems than you know homer does like we get fish guts at the end and homer gets assaulted by a panda which are just really really stupid but i don't i'm not offended by a panda being i just i'm offended that it's in a simpsons episode i guess um i i think it's in the saddlesaur galactica when you dish upon a star area um although i don't know at a certain point i think i'd rather i think it's i think Sattles, i'd rather watch saddlesaur galactica again than this wow you know, when you put it that way, I, I can't disagree, quite frankly. <laughs> so, I, yeah, that's and, a good spot. For I mean, I think at a certain point when I'm like at the we're at the very bottom of the list, that is what I'm considering. I'm like, is is something just is it at its basis level? What would I have get more enjoyment out of? And I think I'd rather watch House of Galactica again. Um, so it's a new 235. Number 235 on the list. Uh, right below Saddlesaur Galactica, right below It's a Mad, 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 Mad Marge. It's four Mads. That's season 12. It makes it 44th best episode of the post-Golden Years. No, 45th. Excuse me, Matt. 45th best episode of the... I don't know what. <laughs> I, I, I got this. I got this you, had, you had to reorganize them. Yeah, I I, I, I'm working on it. Oh, this is terrible. I give up on life. Um, Still number one on the list is... Homer's enemy, last place, is kill the alligator and run. Holding strong at, 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 as the worst episode, Matt, for now. I can't see that changing, but I, uh, it, you know. I, I'm not gonna, you say you can't see it changing, yet the next episode is the computer wore menace shoes, Matt. Which you've specifically stated as you very, you dislike a lot. If I remember which one it is correctly, because I was so confused, uh... This is the one that's based on the prisoner, right? Yep, Mr. X. Okay. Mr. Yep. X, Homer revealing, you know, Drudge Report style website with prisoner stuff in it. But I I like the prisoner a lot, so I think I'll be softer on this reviewing than I will in ha- I have previously. Although yeah. it's still a season 12 episode, so I don't know anything anymore. My whole life is a lie. That's what I've learned. Um, you can find this list on our website, thesimpsonshow.com, plus links to everything else, our Facebook, our Twitter, our RSS feed, a link to our Patreon. If you want to help us out, help support the show, I'd really appreciate it. Helps uh, get access to a bunch of bonus content. Um, I think they'll do it for us. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. You can check out my other podcasts. I'd love you to listen to them. Handsome Boys Comics Hour. It's about comic books. Serial fanatics about lots of different nerdy things I talk about with my friends. Matt does not participate in social media. 
Let's just send a love of Patreon back here. You want to find him? That is correct. Uh, after everything that's going on lately and how bad I feel, I'm just going to go live in the dump uh, with Ray Patterson. If you need anything, just, uh, you know, write it on a paper, throw it away. I'll find it eventually. I don't think that's how trash works. It totally is. All, All right. the trash gets sent to one place. Okay. That's good to know. Me and I'm... my boy Ray Patterson. We're going to check it out. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching this episode. Shh.